Welcome to day 65 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And um, the drama has uh, developed all the way from the beginning. We realize that we've been invited into a, a turbulent story, a gracious story, a story that you know, has very high moments and very low moments. Uh, and we are coming to the point where God is rescuing, hearing the cry of his people, remembering their pain, remembering his covenant, and rescuing them from uh, slavery in the land of, of Egypt. And so we have met Moses, who was drawn out of the water, grew up in Egypt, took on very early a leadership role you know, in Israel, was rejected both by the Egyptians and by Israel. So he's retired at the early age of 40 uh, into being a shepherd in Midian. And of course, we, we know that that is a high um, uh, I, that is a deep descent, actually, from being a prince of Egypt who detested shepherds to becoming a shepherd in the in the wilderness, uh, forgotten place, forgotten person. Uh, but the Lord finds him in the middle of all of this. So we come to Exodus chapter three. Uh, before we read uh, Exodus chapter three, let's offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord, Father. Thank you so much uh, for this story. For the highs and lows, the ups and downs, the joys, the sorrow uh, that you've invited us into and your presence with us uh, in every step of the way. We thank you for your hand in preserving your people, and we thank you, Father, for your hand in preserving us and guiding our footsteps. We thank you, Father, that uh, we know that in all things you are working together for our good to accomplish your purposes, for your glory and for our joy. And as we read your word, may we be drawn into your heart and character. May you use it to shape us and mold us after the image of your son. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of the fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw it and that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the, hand of, from the land of Egypt and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of Israel has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people of out, of out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? And then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. You assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I'll perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I'll make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. You have, you know, for me, one of the... uh, uh, you have a really great sign that God has given him, but it's not a very reassuring sign because it won't be realized until after all the conflict is over. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want you know a sign up front you know, that gives you strong reassurance and said, here's how you're going to know mm-hmm. uh, that it was indeed I who have called you and sent you. One day you're going to be right here, and there's not just going to be a bush on fire. The entire mountain is going to be on fire, and you will know. You'll look back at this moment. And, and know the reality of who I am. So it's, it's kind of an interesting sign that's offered to him. And, and it's a fun chapter all the way all the way around. Yeah. The whole burning bush thing is pretty fun. <laughs> right? I mean, if, if you grew up in church like me, it's such a familiar image. What, what church did you grow up in? <laughs> I grew up in the Methodist church. Oh, lots of different ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's such a familiar image. Just you grew up with this story. And if, you, if you're not careful, you can just read through that and, not, and, and miss just how powerful this moment is for Moses. I mean, this is such a just an incredible and unique um, thing for him to to wander up upon and so i just think it's something that um that we definitely need to pause and take a look at it's crazy well and it's just you know it's the first you know the first time you see god revealed in in fire which will be a major image you know that you'll have when you return you know later in the book of exodus to sinai and you see the fire and the smoke and you also see him leading Mm-hmm. You know, as 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 a pillar of fire through the night, as well. So this is a manifestation of God's presence as fire. And of course, we hear in it the echo of the New Testament story. Uh, you know, whenever you know John says, "There's one who's more powerful than I coming after me, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, and with fire, with the very presence of God, both a purifying presence and a, and a judging presence." There's a sense, you know, that is yeah. in in the holiness. And then the spirit. The when this, I mean, at Pentecost. Right. Right. Tongues of fire. And as the Holy Spirit. And Jeremiah, when he received the Lord, word of the Lord, is like a fire in my bones. So, yes. so fun. Yeah. Many images. Mm-hmm. 
I love the the order that um, is pointed out to us that Moses sees this strange strange sight and then he goes and investigates it before God reveals Himself there. It's just kind of a to me. I think we tend to I tend to have read this story and just think that you know God wanted to do something, so God led him over there and called him out. And you know it, it's this interesting kind of Moses wandering. What's going on over there? And then God you know meets and and I wonder. This is just me thinking about my own life in light of this, but how many times I miss God at work around me, you know, or what God's doing, even as I'm So whenever through. you see a burning bush around you and it's not consumed, you just let it go. Just huh? let it go. It's yeah. just burning. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, or just even just walking through these kind of holy moments, you know, and this is extraordinary, but you're walking through a HEB and, and God's at work and, and I'm just consumed in my own life, paying no attention to what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I love when the Lord saw that He had gone over to look. God called to him. Well, you, you have to love the create, you know, the creativity of God. He's He's never predictable. Uh, you know, meeting you know different people in different ways, and and this is both the ordinary and the extraordinary. I'm sure this is not the first bush that he had seen on fire, struck by lightning out in the middle of the wilderness, or you know, something like that. You you walk through a wilderness area and you can see, you know, charred yeah. bushes here and there, you know, throughout. A wilderness area so that that you know uh, probably happened often but as he he looked it was more than just an ordinary event there was it was not consumed and then as he approaches you know the the voice coming from within the bush yeah. you know don't go any further this is holy ground you know take off your sandals and of course <laughs> in, in the ancient world you know, dividing, you know, spaces between holy spaces and unholy spaces. Later, this entire land will be considered a holy place. And so people who are coming from Gentile territory back in will take off their sandals and shake off the contamination from the bottom of their shoes. And it's a way of honoring Mm -hmm. the sacred presence. Mm -hmm. You know, don't bring any contamination, you know, from the land around you or for your past life into my presence because I am I'm a holy God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good reminder. Just obviously, we see the theme a lot throughout Exodus of of the holiness of God and how Him as holy, He's the one that we see here making this place a holy place. But also, He makes people holy. You know, places that weren't, He makes them holy. And then people who weren't holy, He's the one that makes us holy. Which obviously a huge theme carried throughout Scripture. And we see in the Old, in the New Testament that it's not that because of anything we've done or anything that this place was that it's holy, but it's completely you know, the act of God doing that. And mm-hmm. so we remind you that he's the one that makes us holy. He's the one that calls us holy through what Christ has secured for us. Mm-hmm. And of course, in later, you know, Hebrew tradition, whenever something unclean touches something clean, then the unclean uh, makes the clean unclean. And that's the opposite with God. Whenever God touches something that is unclean, he, he makes it whole or he makes mm-hmm. it clean or he cleanses it you know, by his very presence. And, and of course, this is a portrait of the one who calls things that are not as though they were. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has uh, called us holy, and it's hard for us to wear that title, you know, that we see in Scripture, you know, whenever we see, you know, the epithet saints Mm -hmm. or holy ones, it's hard for us to wear that because we know we're not. But we have been cleansed by his presence through his spirit in his life through the sacrifice of his son mm-hmm. on the cross. Yeah, there's so much here, and we don't have nearly enough time to talk about it, but there was something that kind of sh- just struck me about Moses in verse 6, that at 
hearing God say who he was, he hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And that, but then later, um, you see a transformation has t- taken place in Moses' life because later on Mount Sinai, Moses asks the Lord to show him his glory. And, um, and of course comes down from the mountain glowing and everybody wants him to hide his face. And so you see this transformation that God is doing in Moses, um, from this moment till, till that moment. If you're Moses in this moment, you might be wondering if God's come to to bring vengeance on the fact that he's killed somebody. I mean, there's a lot that's left unsaid into what's yeah. happening that we just don't know. True. You know, God doesn't show up and say, Moses, you know, I'm here to rescue people and use you right away. You know, he will say that. But he says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, when Moses realizes he's in the presence of a holy God and he's unholy, he hides his face. Uh, really, the only one who's been brash in the presence of God has, has been Jacob. Yeah, uh, you know, and he's kind of brought his, you know, his sense of, of, of brashness and self entitlement into his encounters with God, and realizes later, you know, what a holy moment he's been a part of. But throughout the Old Testament, an encounter with God is a very unnerving thing, and uh, you know, we we need to kind of remember that in our our worship that we're. You know, not in the in the pre, you know simply in the presence of you know someone who is um, very near and very dear and imminent, you know, uh, near us or intimate as well with us, but one who is beyond our imagination and whose whose purity and whose majesty and whose holiness would undo us. And uh, so it is good to have a grasp of his majesty and, and, and to have the healthy sense of the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love also just the humble state of Moses. You know, he's, God's already declared himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how he's going to send Moses to Pharaoh to, you know, and Moses responds, who am I? <laughs> you know, like, I'm the guy that's just been out here doing this. And, and yet we see God at work through people who we didn't expect him to be at work through to accomplish and continue his history of redemption uh, it's probably a little different than that it's probably nope i'm not going <laughs> yeah uh, more blunt. you know I've, yeah. I've tried this once and it didn't work out very mm-hmm. well for me i'm very comfortable where i am mm-hmm. uh you know right here with all these sheep and uh my wife Sapora, uh you know here in the middle of the wilderness so <laughs> I, i'm good god find somebody else mm-hmm. and and of course that that can be a response that we have to god as well that we're just very comfortable no reason to take a risk, no reason to be bold, no reason to have faith, no reason, you know, to, you know, to trust. Uh, and, and a lot of this is because he's impetuously led as a young man and fell flat on his face. And he said, I'm, I'm through risking mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the stake of, for the sake of leadership. And I love the, the image that God gives on why, I mean, yeah, why should Moses respond at all? You know, it's because God revealing himself and he even gives Moses his name. I am who I am. You know, he reveals his heart and his character to Moses. Or, or I will be who I will be, yeah. or I will be who I was. Yeah. Uh, there's so many different translations you can have of this. And, and of course, he's revealed himself to us, you know, through scripture in so many, you know, great ways. El Elyon, you know, the God uh, most high, El Shaddai, God most mighty. El Eroy, you know, the God who sees. El Olam, uh, the God who is eternal. Um, but here, he said, none of these, you know, attributes, these single attributes describe me. I simply 
am who I am mm-hmm. and I will be who I will be. And, and of course, we're going to spend the rest of the story uh, learning who, who he will be yeah. and who he is and how what he was is what he will be. Yeah. And it's beyond the categories, that even as we study the attributes of God to get an idea of the grandeur and the, the greatness of God, we've, we've just seen small parts of the one who will be who he will who he will be. And that's a pretty, pretty cool note to end on uh, for, the, for the day. Uh, David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the reminder uh, of who you are and who you will be. Thank you that you are um, the good and the faithful covenant-keeping God. Thank you that you are at work even in the craziest of situations. Um, you are faithful and true, and you are completely deserving of, of our trust. So, Father, thank you for seeing you at work in the life of Moses. Um, may we as well be your people here in this time, in this place, um, for your glory and for our joy. May you continue to build and grow your people and your church. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.